Hello everyone and welcome to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host, Layla Palmer, and today I'm back with a podcast where I delve into the lives and careers of the entertainment industry's most acclaimed personalities. So, um, I kind of feel like I haven't podcasted in a while. I took a week off and I was just really unmotivated. So I took a week off and here we are, I'm back. I don't think this episode is going up on time. That is really bad on my part. I did not plan my time accordingly, so it's super not good on my part, but um, it's gonna it's gonna be better. In, in the coming weeks, I promise. So I hope everyone had a very happy new year. Uh, I definitely had a very happy new year. Um, it was great. Um, so I, I hope everyone else had a great new year. It's finally 2021. Everyone thought that 2020's problems were going to go away, but alas, they did not. Um, yeah, I mean, how many days into 2021 did chaos ensue the capital got raided i think on the 6th or i think it was the 6th i could be so wrong about that i don't want to spread false information i know people will come for me let's see yeah it was the 6th it was that wednesday so yeah the capital got raided on january 6th six days into 2021 everything just went to shit and the Capitol got raided by a bunch of, I really hate to get political on this podcast, I do, but it's just absolutely infuriating. The fact that the President of the United States told his supporters, who I also hate to generalize, um, but his supporters who, I, I mean, I say I hate to generalize it, but, um, they they went into the Capitol building with Confederate flags, which is the first time a Confederate flag has ever been um, inside the Capitol building. So while I say, I hate to generalize, they are white supremacists. He told his supporters, who are white supremacists, to storm the Capitol. I don't know if Trump tweeted this or if he said it publicly or what, But he said, we're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. I just, I know I I edited all of that out, but I spent two minutes just now just like looking over articles and stuff about the raid, the siege, insurrection, coup um, that happened at the Capitol and... I think what some people don't realize, especially people who are so blind to to Trump's, like, failures and his, yeah, failure, I mean, that is the appropriate word. Some people who are so blind to Trump's failures as president don't realize um, the actual facts of this, like, event. Like, he was tweeting about this event on his Twitter account days leading up to it. It wasn't just, like, one day. He was like, okay, you guys, march down to the Capitol and support your senators and your congressmen and women. Like, no. And um, that's really upsetting. Really, really upsetting. Because because an election did not work out in his favor. Like, sorry that, that, is the, that that's part of the Constitution. 
like, you were the president of the United States, you didn't win the election, it also was not fraud, you just didn't win. I just think it's super disappointing to know that our president caused this to happen, because he did, he caused this, and, you know, his supporters blindly listen to him, they are like puppets, they blindly listen to him, um, and they do whatever he says, and that has been proven time and time again. So, I'm going to end this by saying I am very happy that his presidency is ending in five days. I'm very, very happy. Um, and I'm happy that this era of America is over. In no way are the issues and, you know, gonna just go away. No, of course not. That's not how it works. But Trump will be out of office and we have some sort of hope, which is something that, you know, makes me happy at the end of the day when everything in the news relating to politics is pretty much negative. It gives me hope that in five days we'll have some new hope to look forward to for the next four years. Um, so yeah. That's enough of the politics talk. Let's just get into this week's episode. Um, I'm actually very, I say this every single week that I'm very excited, but um, we're talking about Jim Carrey this week. <laughs> um, let's like turn this around. I feel like like the energy is so sad right now. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so we're talking about Jim Carrey this week. Um, Jim Carrey, he's most well known for his out-of-the-box characters and performances. And since he got his big break and a lot of his recognition for performing with Rodney Dangerfield um, as an opening act, he's had important roles in some blockbuster films, including The Mask, The Truman Show, and the iconic live-action Grinch movie. Um, The list obviously goes on and on, and his career is jam-packed with excitement, so let's dive into it. Okay, so, Jim Carrey was born on January 17th. 1962 in Newmarket, Ontario, Canada. He was the last of four kids, his siblings being Rita, John, and Patricia, and he had a pretty normal childhood up until the age of eight. When he was eight, he realized he was capable of making these obscure faces and doing impressions. Now, we all know Jim Carrey for doing, like, the really, like, absurd, like, huge, like, smile. I think that's, like, kind of, I don't know. Like, like, uh, when you think of, like, when you watch The Grinch, like, that smile, like, we all know him for doing that. Um, when he was eight, he realized that he can make those, like, really weird, obscure faces like that. So, he worked on his impressions for about two years, and then, uh, after that, he was able to do about 150 different impressions. And then he realized that he wanted to be more recognized for those talents. So, when he was ten... Jim Carrey wrote to Carol Burnett, host of the American sketch comedy series The Carol Burnett Show, in an attempt to try and score a role on her show. Unfortunately, he didn't receive the response he wanted. Carol Burnett replied to his letter, declining his request to be a regular on the show because they didn't hire children. But she did tell him to stay in school and keep working on his impressions and to keep watching the show, though. And he did just that. He attended grade school at Blessed Trinity Catholic School, and after a few years there, his family moved to Burlington, Ontario, where he went to Aldershot High School. But during this time, unfortunately, him and his family, they were homeless. Jim was forced to quit school and start working to support his family, so he worked as a janitor. 
That job lasted for two years until he quit in 1979 to start doing comedy acts. In 1980, after improving his talents and working on comedy routines for a while, 18-year-old Carrie built up the courage to audition for Saturday Night Live. He auditioned for the 1980-1981 season, which was season 6 of the show. He auditioned with a post-nuclear Elvis impression, but he followed up with something that was a lot less familiar to the SNL staff. Unfortunately, he was not chosen to be a cast member of Saturday Night Live that year. Instead, the executive producer picked the late Charles Rocket. After being denied the job at SNL, Jim Carrey branched off into a few other jobs. He worked as a voice actor on the Canadian show The All Night Show. In addition to that, he continued to increase his exposure by performing stand-up acts in Toronto and surrounding areas. Eventually, he started booking career-changing jobs. Um, in the winter of uh, 1981, he was hired as an opening act for Gatto, which is a Canadian rock band. Um, I never heard of them before. I don't know why I would hear of them before, um, because they're a Canadian band, and I don't really know of any Canadian musicians, other than like Celine Dion. Unfortunately, he only did one show with Gatto, because the crowd booed him off the stage. I guess his material just wasn't enough to satisfy that intense rock crowd. About two weeks after that, a review of one of Jim Carrey's past performances in Toronto was published. On the front page of the Toronto Star's entertainment section, the writer said Carrey would be bigger than Rodney Dangerfield and Richard Pryor. If you want to see that, go to at Hollywood Hero Pod on Instagram. I have a photo of it, and you can also follow for more updates on the podcast. Eventually, after furthering his exposure in Canada even more, he started working comedy clubs in the U.S. and was recognized by Rodney Dangerfield. He was hired um, as Rodney Dangerfield's opening act at the end of 1981. He toured with him throughout North America until uh, June 1982, and then he returned to Toronto. Upon his return to Toronto, he performed two successfully sold-out comedy shows at the Massey Hall Performing Arts Theatre. The tour with Rodney Dangerfield was a big turning point in Carey's career, and it led to a lot of exposure, especially in America and Hollywood. So let's talk about that. Soon after finishing his tour with Rodney Dangerfield, Jim Carey moved to Hollywood. Upon his arrival, he started performing at a comedy club in West Hollywood called The Comedy Store. This was a fine gig, but his goal was to eventually get on The Tonight Show with then-host Johnny Carson. He wasn't feeling for field career rise during this time in L.A., so he went back to Toronto in April 1983. While there, he performed at the B.B. Magoon's Theatre three nights in a row, and he was also featured on the Canadian news magazine program, W5. He was also cast as a supporting role in the 1984 Warner Brothers production of Finders Keepers. This movie was filmed in the summer of 83 and was released in 84. When he was finished filming for Finders Keepers, he returned to L.A. and started working on The Duck Factory, which was a sitcom that lasted for a few months in the spring of 1984. And even better, in Thanksgiving of 1983, he finally appeared on The Tonight Show with Carson. The Duck Factory was being promoted on the show, so Jim Carrey, being the main role, got to make an appearance. He showed off his impressions of Elvis Presley, Jack Nicholson, Clint Eastwood, James Dean, and E.T., Though The Duck Factory was supposed to start airing in January 1984, the start date was pushed to April, and it only ran until June when it was cancelled. Soon after the show was cancelled, Carey went back to touring his own impressions and being an opening act for Rodney Dangerfield. After getting his career back on its feet, 23-year-old Jim Carey auditioned for Saturday Night Live again, this time in 1985. He was unfortunately rejected again, and his audition did not even make it past the show's producers and writers. 
Of course, he had his impressionist act to fall back on since SNL didn't work out, but he tried out again the next year. This will now be his third attempt at a spot on the show, and you can guess what happened. Yeah, he was rejected again. At least this time, he got to perform for the executive producer. After being rejected from SNL yet again, Carey realized that his impression comedy wasn't evolving like he thought it would. So he started trying out new characters and changing up his act almost completely. And this definitely worked in his favor. After a while, he was recognized and cast on the television series In Living Color. He worked on this show for four years, and it led to some major film roles in the future. The second half of the 90s were Jim Carrey's rise to fame. 1994 alone was a huge year for 32-year-old Carrey. He starred in three different movies, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. For his role in The Mask, Carrey received his first Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor, but he didn't win. That didn't discourage him, though, because in 1995, Carrey portrayed the Riddler, which is one of Batman's villains in the movie Batman Forever. That same year, he revived the role of Ace Ventura in Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Both movies were very well liked by the public and did great at the box office. Batman Forever earned over $336 million, and Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, earned over $212 million. The next film Jim Carrey starred in was a satirical black comedy or dark humor directed by Ben Stiller called The Cable Guy. A lot of people who saw the movie did not react that well to the drastic change in character from Jim Carrey's usual hyper and energetic roles. Given that, the reviews on the movie were not at all really that great, but it still ended up earning over $100 million by the end. A few years later, in 1998, Jim Carrey starred as the lead role in The Truman Show, playing Truman Burbank. Now, I have to say, this is by far my favorite Jim Carrey movie. If you haven't seen it already, and without giving away too much, The Truman Show is about a person, Truman Burbank, who is living in a TV show, but he doesn't know it. That's really all I can say without spoiling too much. It's a really good movie, and since I'm so into conspiracy theories, I'm not a crazy person, I promise, but I am really into conspiracy theories, um, and especially the simulation theories, this movie really makes me think a lot deeper about that, like, about life and the government and Big Brother, you know, from, like, the 1984 book by George Orwell. Um, it really makes, like, all of that kind of connect, and you really think about how all of it kind of ties together. Um, so, anyway... Definitely recommend that you watch that movie. Um, Jim Carrey was great in that movie, and it's definitely my favorite movie that he's in. He was highly praised for uh, The Truman Show, and he gained a lot of international recognition from it too. It led to him being, it led to him being nominated for another Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. In 2000, Jim Carrey, who was now nearing his 40s, teamed up once again with the directors of Dumb and Dumber to create Me, Myself, and Irene. He played alongside Renee Zellweger, who most people know from Bridget Jones' Diary, but she also played Roxy Hart in the 2002 film adaptation of the musical Chicago. That same year, he also starred in Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, as the Grinch, of course. This iconic movie is the third highest grossing Christmas movie of all time, right behind Home Alone. Jim Carrey was nominated for yet another Golden Globe for this performance, but he didn't win. He did, however, win an MTV Movie Award for Best Villain and a Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Movie Actor. From then until 2004, Carrie was in three different movies. He was featured alongside Jennifer Aniston, Anne Morgan Freeman, and Bruce Almighty. 
he and Kate Winslet were in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which was overwhelmingly favored by viewers. I still have not seen it, by the way, but it is definitely on my list. So many people, in fact, like, almost every person, like, when this comes up in conversation, has, like, how have you not seen this yet? And I don't know how. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. I could so easily watch it. I just never have. So it's definitely on my list. Um, and then lastly, he had a role in Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. What's more is that by the end of 2004, Carrie was added to the Canadian Walk of Fame, which is located in Toronto. So, the early 2000s were a very successful period for Jim Carrey, and that success carried even more into the 2010s. Carrey landed a lot of film roles that decade. He was in Mr. Popper's Penguins, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, Kick-Ass 2, Dumb and Dumber 2, and a few more. He didn't just participate in films, though. In 2013, Jim Carrey published a children's fiction book titled How Roland Rolls, and the story went through a few heavy topics, but they were discussed in immature, childish ways, so they would be fitting for children to read, seeing as it's a children's book. Um, he also produced a documentary in 2015 titled Rebel Kings. This documentary covered gang violence in the Bronx, but it focused on the Ho Avenue Peace Meeting, which was an important gathering for gangs. Most recently, Jim Carrey has published a novel titled Memoirs and Misinformation. It features a fictional version of himself, so it's not exactly the typical memoir. Now, going back to his several attempts of trying to get on Saturday Night Live, Jim Carrey was on the show this year portraying Joe Biden during the 2020 um, U.S. presidential election. However, after criticism from fans, he realized his impersonation of Joe Biden was not so spot on, so he stepped down in December, and SNL cast member Alex Moffat took his place. Okay, now that we are all up to date, let's talk about what Jim Carrey has done aside from big movie roles and Hollywood fame. In 2005, Jim Carrey started the Better You Foundation. This foundation aims to improve world hunger and food security by strengthening the system of rice intensification, also known as SRI. SRI is a sustainable food method for farmers, so they can make a living for their families while also increasing rice productivity. What's more is that rice productivity increases by 50 to 150% and uses 50% less water with the use of SRI, and it's way, way more efficient for the environment. The foundation also reduces methane and nitrous oxide gases in order to decrease greenhouse gas emission. Now, the Better You Foundation has focused on countries such as Haiti, Madagascar, Mali, and the U.S. So, I have to say, I'm not quite sure what made Jim Carrey focus solely on rice production, but I do know that the Better You Foundation has helped train so many farmers in a lot of countries and uh, teach them how to use the SRI system and to maximize their rice production more efficiently. So, he has helped a lot of people. And with that, um, Jim Carrey is way more than just a Hollywood movie star with a weird face. Um, and his goal to success was definitely not an easy one. Like we went over earlier, he was homeless for a few years with his family. They lived in a van and tents, um, and they had to move around. And, you know, he had to uh, drop out of high school so that he could work um, a job and support his family. Um, definitely not an easy road to where he is today, but it's really nice to see how far he's come in his career after all these years, um, and that his films are still getting recognized, because all of his films are amazing. Um, I haven't seen all of them. I'm just gonna assume 
that even the ones that I haven't seen are amazing. So that's the end of the episode. I really hoped you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I really enjoyed doing research on Jim Carrey because, um, I don't know. I've seen, like I said, I've seen his movies, um, and a lot of them I really like, but I, I truly did not know that, like, he was homeless when he was in high school or, you know, that I, I also, he also has dual citizenship. I did not mention that. In 2004, he, um, he was born in Canada in 1962, but in 2004, he got citizenship in the U.S., so he's a dual citizen, which is very cool. Um, I would love to be a dual citizen in another country, wherever. Not wherever, not just some other country, but I would love to be a dual citizen. I feel like Canada would be a cool place to have dual citizenship. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, so yeah, um, I think also, it's so weird, like when I think of Jim Carrey, I don't think of him being... I don't want to call him old, because he's not old, um, but I don't think of him being, let's see, he's 59, or he'll be 59 this year, so, he'll be 59 this year, so I think he's 58, but I don't think of him being almost, like, 60, right, I, I feel like I think of him being, literally being in his 40s, I don't know why, I just do, um, and it's so weird, because he's been in so many films, and done so much, and... I don't know, I just never actually processed all that he's done in his career. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> um, I hope you all enjoyed it. I'm sorry for uploading this a day late and for not uploading last week. I am going to try and do better. Um, I am working on it. <laughs> um, but that's the end of the episode. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, follow me. Uh, and the podcast on Instagram at Hollywood Hero Pod for more updates. Um, and I will see you all in the next episode.